In our next episode of Behind the Boss, we meet Australian model Jordan Barrett. After entering the industry at the age of 14, Barrett grew up traveling the world and learning from some of the best. With a clothing line and now an NFT under his belt, we sit down with the young trailblazer to pick his creative brain. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, let's start from the beginning. You were scouted. Is that how it all began? Yes, they call it scouted. I mean, I didn't really think about it at the time. I, I had no idea what modeling or the, you know, even kind of any idea what being in the fashion industry meant. Yeah. So it was all very confusing to me when mm -hmm. I was that age. Mm -hmm. And I guess in like the most formative years of my life. But around that same week, I was given these cards by a few different people that had come up to me yeah. in my hometown, Crumman Valley. Yeah, Australia. And, yeah, in Australia, <laughs> which is like a very small town. And it's, yeah. it's like, you know, the, the school is on the beach. There's like two schools there. Yeah. Very small beach town. Very nice place to grow up. But yeah, I had no idea what, what these words were they were using and what this was they were trying to explain to me. Yeah. And then once receiving these these different people coming up to me, trying to scout me. Yeah. I got back to one of them, which was the vice president over IMG. Uh -huh. They took me, after that is when it kind of, I kind of, I guess I started working in those like formative years yeah. on strange little projects that I didn't know what I was getting into. Every time I'd go to set, I was always confused what the purpose of like yeah. this photo was for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what they meant by that. You know, every time that these scouts were like, taking pictures of my face, I, had, I was just very confused by the whole thing. What did you love about it? What did I love about it? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was a great, well, being that young and being, I'd never really wanted to be at the school I was at. I never, mm -hmm. and, you know, it was a beautiful place to grow up, but I always wanted to leave. Mm -hmm. One of the first things that happened was I flew, my first job was in Sydney. I had to come, mm -hmm. they took me there. And then they had mentioned I'd go into Japan because I was too young to be in London, but they kept wanting me to go to London to do the shows. Yeah. But I was 14, so mm -hmm. that obviously was not a good idea. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, what I loved most about it, I think, was meeting the different kinds of interesting people I got to meet at that age. Yeah. You know, because they're all much older than me, like 15, 20 year gap between us. Yeah. So there's a lot to learn from them and a lot of things that I'd never experienced or seen before. Yeah, like a campaign shoot, yeah. for example. Or, or, or even the photographers on set and the people yeah. I was working with. I mean, it was like, that was my favorite part about it, I think, that. It was the people on set and, you know, meeting some of the photographers that I'd always looked up to, but that came further on. Yeah. When you were young and you were growing up, what mm. did you want to be before you got I scouted? No, absolutely no idea. <laughs> um, no idea. I was always interested in photography mm. and architecture, but I really had no idea. And I still kind of, you know, it's a little bit all over the place. Yeah. And surely you must have learned some or, or had that experience of being around professional working photographers must have been... Yeah. Amazing at 14. Exactly. And I think that and the travel combined, I think, is what I love the most. Yeah. And I think it was like my first shoot was with Bruce Weber. Sure. And so <laughs> As you do. No, but he, so yeah, it's being, being with him on set, I remember just asking him so many questions about yeah. the cameras he was using and, you know, all the people on, on that set. I found it very interesting and very inspiring. So I, I think it's kept me going. Yeah. Was it campaign or was it editorial or? I think we spent like seven days in. Wow. Yeah, no, it was really nice. Um, so that was in Florida, in Golden Gate Beaches, um, yeah. south of Miami. And that was like seven days of just different shoots. I think a few of them were editorial, one mm -hmm. was campaign, mm -hmm. and he just had them back to back. So he brought me over to America and then I got to New York. Mm. And, 
you know, it was all happening so quickly at that age. And I didn't really understand how young I was. Yeah. Like I had no, I, you know, back then I thought I didn't feel like I was 17, you know, as every 17 year old does. Yeah. They all, I don't know. I thought I was, I thought I had everything together and that everything was normal. Sure. Definitely got all my stuff together for sure. Yeah. (laughs) So you did a campaign shoot, you traveled all across the world. You didn't know what you wanted to be before you started that. You were mentored by Kate Moss. Is that true? I, she's definitely been a huge mentor and she's been able to give me a lot of guidance and a lot of lessons, obviously. Yeah. I mean, she's been so prolific in the industry. Did she give out good advice? Yeah, 100%. Being represented also by KMA, her agency. There's mm-hmm. a great team of people there that, you know, help guide every step of the way and always make me feel completely safe. And, you know, there's a lot of different tips. I couldn't think of one. And yeah. a lot of different things that she said to me over the years. And, yeah. lot of, you know, I couldn't think of one specific thing. Yeah. Like, when you're 14 and you, like, I get it. You've been scouted. You're on all these shoots. But, like, being a model is, like, learning to pose. How did How does that just happen does it just happen does it just come naturally i don't know i mean no i i think bruce weber was the one he was the one that would sit there and be like breathe because i would never be able to breathe like, mm. i was always so anxious so i was like what's going on like yeah why you know i didn't understand what they liked and what they didn't like yeah so that was the one thing he would say was just breathe and yeah. slow down like just stop stop fidgeting basically yeah. as you will notice well i guess being a model is part of like adapting what you bring to the vision of who's behind the camera. What's your favorite project you've ever worked on? Okay, so there's there's two things. There's yeah. like one, I enjoy like a huge production mm-hmm. with a lot of people. Yeah. And then there's other ones with intimate moments where I'm working with a photographer or, or someone like that. And then I think, you know, specifically like those big productions or those places, like I went to Dubai with Boss, for instance, and mm-hmm. it was probably the biggest set I'd worked on in 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 a fashion-related project. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed that because there's so many different people. Yeah. And we're all in the middle of nowhere, you know what I mean? Like, we're not in the middle of nowhere, we're in Dubai. Yeah. We're in, the, we're in the desert in Dubai. Yeah. And there's, I don't know how many people there were. There was, like, over hundreds. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. And, you know, that's nice because you meet a lot of different people. You don't well, get bored. And it's like, it must feel like such an occasion. Yeah, yeah. Such an event. Yeah, you just, yeah, it's just total, like... You know, it's just a complete change of everything. Mm. And then there's a film project that I just worked on in Australia. It's like a, it's a series that we're filming. We've had to stop because of COVID mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But um, it's called Burn and it will be coming out hopefully shortly after we finish filming the last few episodes. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about that one. Great. Because that was my first time kind of acting in a, acting in really anything. How did you acting. find acting? Um, I enjoyed it because I was working with people that, had also never really acted before. Yeah. So, you know, that was a nice experience because we could all bounce off each other and learn yeah. from each other. Yeah. And the director and the um, the DOP are very good friends of mine and such talented people. And it was just such a nice project. And yeah. And I really loved the script. Yeah. How did you find learning lines? It's like the learning the lines thing is is simple. To me, The it's just memory. Yeah. It just takes us like three little things that I have been taught how to do to remember the lines and it works perfectly so it's just like clockwork now so that wasn't the problem you know I I don't know and I liked that it was an Australian accent because thank God those two kind of things I would say in the last two two years my favourite projects that I've worked on they were the most they were the most kind of inspiring or the most overwhelming in such nice ways yeah yeah talk to me about your personal style I mean, my style's definitely changed over the years. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, when I, I'm growing up, I remember, you know, 
from being a child was always wanting to be naked or still always wanting to be barefoot. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, no, so it's definitely <laughs> changed over the years. And it kind of does change from project to project and things yeah. like that. And I get inspired by different projects that I'm working on, you know, different designers I'm working with. My style is quite relaxed. But yeah, does it change? So it changes from project to project. Is there certain projects and the way that you've dressed in a, in a certain yeah. period that you're? Well, I think it's also seeing different designers and seeing different, you know, being exposed to more and different designers, mm. and also traveling so much in different temperatures. Obviously, yeah, it's always changing back and forth. So yeah, it's always changing and it's always loose. Um, it's always comfortable. So if you hadn't have been a model, if you hadn't been scouted, what career would you have had? God, I was always interested in architecture and kind of in the design process, but I didn't know, you know, I was always interested in furniture design and, um, you know, or just uh, an architecture, like I mentioned. But to be honest, I really don't know. Mm. It's it's very broad and open kind of thing because I was so young. And at the moment this happened, the, mo- the moment I was 14 and I, and I was and I was kind of away and traveling around yeah. 15, 16, I just stopped thinking about that. And that's yeah. what I meant when I was saying like in those like formative years, I was just like on the, like it was just mm-hmm. on the go, on the go, on the go. It didn't even cross my mind until, you know, when I was like, say 21, um, I was like, okay, wait, what am I actually, like, what is this? <laughs> what am I yeah. doing? And then what do I actually want to do? Yeah, what are you building? What can you build exactly, with, what yeah. with these foundations? Yeah. From- yeah, exactly. It's like the things that we spoke about. So, mm. And I guess that's where I'm headed. So, uh, so you started modeling f- relatively young, 14. Is there anything that you think you might have missed out on having been whipped off to Japan and across the world? I mean, for sure. I mean, it's like a, I feel like I learned so much along the way, but then I also feel like I missed out on so many, mm. you know, because I got so caught up in that, in, in those years, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it, it was happening and, I, you know, it's kind of all I was thinking about was like, where am I going next? What's what's going on? You know, yeah. it was just like a schedule that I was following for years, but I also learned so much. So I'm not sure if, you know, it's like double-edged sword. I don't know mm-hmm. if I missed out on, you know, what would be happening in regular everyday life yeah. at that age, or if, or if I learnt more, and, yeah. I, and I and I sometimes think about it, I think I learnt more. And so modelling must have taken you away from your family and friends mm-hmm. over the years. How's that been for you? For sure. I mean, you get very used to FaceTime, I mm. suppose, mm. Or, or you know, the phone calls. Do you do like big reunions when you're back? Yeah, I do. But I only go home kind of once or twice a year. But every time I go home, it's always like a big reunion of sorts. What happens? I mean, every all my I have to I have to spend most of the time at home with my family because yeah, otherwise they just get mad at me. <laughs> yeah, so you don't go out. You're not like hi, kiss on the cheek. And no, then it's out like you go. Dinner. You're locked in for like two weeks, and then, <laughs> and then you get to go. Very COVIDy that, <laughs> right? Yeah, just indoors, bleaching. Yeah. But oh well, no, we're on the beach. Oh yeah, right. Okay, fine. That doesn't sound too shabby. No. Um, is there a moment in your career that you? remember vividly and fondly that you thought this is it i've made it i mean i think that, that i would i think that was when i was about 17 but i wouldn't say that was me thinking that i'd made it because i also didn't know what was coming ahead of that you know? yeah and you don't know how long things last and you don't know what's going to be next um so what happened at 17 well 17 was when i had properly i was allowed to move to new york i had my visa yeah i had already come back from miami yeah 
um, and I had got my apartment in New York, and I knew that I was going to stay there, and I loved it there, and I wanted to stay there. Yeah, yeah I guess that that was that, and then I started working consistently with different people there, mm -hmm. and looking into different things. Like I'm working on this collaborative project right now. It's mm -hmm. sedated, which yep. in a way it was like sedated by everything in terms of like art, music, film, um, things like that. So it's, it's like an online platform where you can put a password and it gives you most access to the films that you can't really find on Amazon or, mm -hmm. you know, all those different platforms. You know, everything seems to be banned. Yeah. Have you noticed this? Well, I think... I'm finding it harder to find films I want to watch or old films that I can't get to anymore. Yeah, I think there's a... a it's it's a, hard to find classics that mm, you should have seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we've kind of put those on there and I'm doing that with a bunch of different friends. Like I've got a few writer friends that are helping me and then, you know, on all the different projects. So... We've got like the, um, you have to look at the page, but, yeah. um, and then we've got the radio, which is going to be running every fortnight. So it's like you, you tune in every fortnight to different playlists with a bunch of different friends of mine that Great. are going to come on. There's like 24, I think we have 24 lined up of that. And then I've got the merch line for that yeah. with proceeds going back to the mental health charities that mm -hmm. we're working with. And tied into the sale of this NFT that I'm working on with an artist called Jake Ferguson. Yeah, what's the NFT, yeah? The NFT is kind of like a... God, it's even hard for me to explain. Yeah. And that's why I haven't released it yet. <laughs> because it's just so... What it looks like is is a... How would... I don't know. I had to do an O-Toy scan. Do you know what this is? No. Okay, so you stand in this like circular dome. Yeah. All like... I can't remember how many cameras there are. It's a camera every single place you look in, yeah. in a dome. Like it's a tiny little cameras all around you. And takes a 3D scan of you. Mm -hmm. Just stay still, which is obviously not... Not at all. That's not really your thing. <laughs> so Jake Ferguson is the name of the artist I work with to create this NFT. It's kind of based around like the perception of what people think of you and then the opposite of like what, what could actually be happening inside your head and how things really are going so on. So how do you experience the NFT? Do I need a Oh uh, no you can Is it on a so, screen? Yeah, Is it yeah, a VR so it's headset? On, it's on a screen that you yeah. go through on your phone to get yeah. into. Yeah. And it'll be launched on I'm not sure exactly. Which platform yes. Yet? We're mm -hmm. still I, I mean this week I think we have to finalise all of this. Yeah. But um, it kicks that whole world is a little confusing to me also. Yeah. But I enjoyed working with the artist and creating it and figuring out that message behind it. So it's kind of, it goes like through my head and then yeah. inside out. And it's oh, like, right. like a spiral of what I could be thinking. Then it shows like the, comes back to like, like right now, like us sitting here. and Right. Yeah. And then Bring Change to Mind is, is the organization that we're working with on that. And that's the mental health organization. Have you been working, have you worked with them before? I have worked with them in the past, started to in the, in the last few months. Mm -hmm. And then we were trying to do an ocean one as well. So there's, okay. there's two of those. One's with Parley for the Oceans. I'm yep. not sure if you're familiar with them. I do know Parley for the Oceans. You know Cyril. Not well, no. Okay. But, um, Amazing guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, incredible, incredible guy. Yeah. And um, I first met him in New York. And then, do you know the Sea Shepherd? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> What's the Sea Shepherd? The is it a person or a... The Sea Shepherd is... <laughs> a pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like one. Um, yeah. Basically, I wanted to go on the Sea Shepherd for a long time now. I met Surreal at a dinner in New York. Yeah. And then I partnered with Parley for the oceans. And then the first trip out of the part one to, or like three things that we're working on right now, one was the NFT. Yeah. I started working with Parley on my first trip to the Maldives recently. Like mm -hmm. I think two months ago now. Yeah. It's a blur where we went out there. We did a huge ocean cleanup. Yeah. I also got to learn to scuba dive on that trip. Great. And I went and met the whole Maldivian crew of Parley for the Oceans. Yeah. Who were the nicest people ever. And it was this one family 
but we kind of stayed without there. And she was amazing. Shahina is her name. Yeah. And we did a giant ocean cleanup. They do, I think, 10 to 15 tons of plastic like, mm. per week washed up on that beautiful coast out there. Mm. And it's per week. So that just keeps on coming. Keeps on coming. I can't believe it. And so we, we, it was gone. We cleaned it up. We did as much of a cleanup as we could do. And, you know, they've put all these amazing initiatives in place with, like, the, you know, the, all the boats that pass through there. Now they've got this system where they go and bring the, they get, like, tokens as rewards kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they can, they put it back in the fishermen. So the trying to stop this yeah. in that way. So I'm a little rusty on my explanation. Because well, no, that's fine. I think I understand the general principle. But I like that there's two kind of arms to it, right? There's, like, you actually cleaning up the beach mm. but then there's also raising awareness yeah and I was also learning about that was the trip where I got to learn about actually what goes on and what they're doing so that was my first part with Bali which was really nice um, what's one thing that you can't live without one thing I oh there's so many things I can't live without <laughs> like what I mean I need I need my people like I need yeah. I cannot live without I mean it's like I said my, I need my friends and, I, and I'm lucky to have those people everywhere I go yeah I couldn't live without them yeah, you've got, a, uh, I was going to say, a friend in every port. Is that, mm. is that right? Ish? Ish, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I need them. Yeah. And I'm lucky over the years I've made friends in all those different places. Otherwise, it gets quite lonely. Yeah. How does it feel being on the road, like in the, in the sky on your own all the time? I don't mind the sky. It's when you get down. <laughs> but um, no, it's good. It's, and that's why I'm so grateful that I've got those people everywhere yeah. I go. So what's For one it. thing you can't live without? Oh, what a good question. Yeah. I was going to say espresso because I just, I feel like I know where I am once I've had a, a wee shot of coffee. <laughs> just like familiar for me. But thanks for asking. I don't know. I, for me, like, I love my home comforts and I love traveling. I don't travel as much as you do, but coming home for me is like magical. Coming yeah. back to London, I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home cooked dinners and a garden. Yeah. Very, very, very refreshing, very happy. Yeah, and I guess if you make good friends across the globe, mm. you might get a home I got one last dinner. night and I was thrilled. <laughs> three weeks and I was just like, oh my God, to look at someone's kitchen and to see the family and to see like, yeah. there's a family here and it was the nicest feeling. So the key to traveling well is to like befriend a local, but not in like yeah. a shallow way, like in a real way. Yeah. Uh, so you travel a lot. Have you got any anecdotes about uh, getting recognised? I mean, it's, it's usually a strange thing what happens because people usually just laugh at me mm. and they're like freak. You know, it's like they, it's, they always just laugh and freak or they try and take a sneaky picture. Yeah. But it's oh. always just like, a, I'm like, why is that? Like, like in the distance, like someone's like, oh, and, like, and laughing in my face and, and then pretending that they're not. But um yeah, it happened in the BP on the way back from Glastonbury. This yeah. girl was like hiding, and I'm like, it's just she's blatantly doing it. I was like, looking <laughs> at her, I'm like, hi. So I start smiling back at her and laughing. And it was, it was a bunch of girls with their mum. And, and then, like, the mums, they all just start laughing at me. And I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, but that's, that's most of the time. Well, sometimes I'm having nice chats with people on the plane and I think that they have no idea and I've never met them before. But yeah. then, and then I get off the plane and I get a DM from and I'm like, how how'd they know? Yeah. It's strange little things like that. And then I feel a little bit spooked. No, don't be spooked. Isn't it, surely it's like quite, is it fun? No. <laughs> I don't know if it's, yeah, I don't know if it's fun or not. It's like, it's just a strange, it's a strange feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Surely it just, it's like people know you, but they don't. They don't. No. That's 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 how it goes. But um, I like it that way. I think that I think I think I don't think they need to know everything. No, true. Very true. 
in the next two years, the next five years, the next ten years, what's what's coming next for you? God, I get that question all the time, and I have no idea how I answer. Uh, you know, in the next ten years, I have no idea. In the next five years, I hope to have executed all the things I hope that I'll have to put the time and effort into over the next two years to yeah. achieve and see the results. More sedated hopefully. or bigger. Yeah, I want you know I want to move into the film section. I mm-hmm. want to I want to execute all my plans I have with sedated. I want to be more aligned with Pale. Mm. I've got a bunch of different trips that I've got planned coming up in the next year or so that are completely unrelated to anything that I've done before. Yeah. And you know, and I think everything takes planning to get to the next step. So yeah. in the next 5 years is to get through the next 2 years yes. of executing that. <laughs> um and you know some things won't go to plan. That will be fine. Yeah. I have a question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What are the traits that you believe make a good boss? What you need to have is like, you know, write write down a plan, like where, where you want to go in life, what mm-hmm. you want to do. Mm-hmm. Even if it's loose, try and, you know, have a direction. Mm. Like you definitely need a direction and things to work towards mm. and goals. From what you're saying is you can't be a boss and be aimless. Exactly. Mm. I don't think you've got where you are today just with a plan. You've been quite determined. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I've taken the opportunities that have come my way and and I have had so many opportunities and it's opened so many doors from starting as a model at that age. And I'm so grateful for all of those different opportunities. And it's like a little key that unlocks all these different doors into where you want to go. And it's just about finding like the time, I suppose. And you know, having that direction and picking one and, you know, exploring those options. Yeah, and you have to be savvy to see what those opportunities are. And you've been able to seize them wholeheartedly. I hope hope I've started to. (laughs) On that note, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. It's been brilliant having you here. And I can't wait to hear other ones. Thank you for listening to Behind the Boss with your host, that's me, Raven Smith. If you want to find out more about what it takes to be a boss and the stories behind the inspirational figures of today, new episodes of this podcast are out every two weeks. Make sure to tune in.